Hello and uh, welcome to this episode of Take Me To Your Paradise. I am Chris Sermani, your host as ever. Tonight we are in the 13th Note pub. Uh, what street's this, Chris? I don't know. It's in the Merchant City, uh, just next to King Street Car Park. If you've never been, check King it out. Street. Did I say Queen Street? No, no, no. I'm just that's the street. King Street. You heard our guest there, but before I reveal all, we'll go on a little bit. So, this podcast for those of you that have not listened before, it was born in a period when the Celtic support couldn't attend Celtic Park due to lockdown, uh, and it's kind of morphed into one that allows guests to share their history in terms of being a, a Celtic supporter, framed around their match-going experiences uh, and things like that. As I said at the start, it was more about missing Celtic Park because we couldn't go there, um, but it's, it's it's kind of morphed a wee bit over the years. I think this might be the first episode that's been recorded in person. Most of them have been done online, so that's a first as well. So, without further ado, just to announce our guest today, it's the first non-cynic, uh, and that person is Mr Stuart Braithwaite, the guitarist from Mogwai. Stuart, hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. Slightly hungover, but um, that's that's okay. Do you want to, do you want to share... You're where you were last night and why you're so hungover, or uh, is it just reliving it for you? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I went to see The Cure. It was, it was, it was a late, you were there too, actually, was, but yeah. um, it, was, it was a late night, so um, aye, I'm, I'm hurting a wee bit, a wee but that's alright. This will hopefully uh, soothe, soothe me in some way. Well, <laughs> it was good last night, though, no, just talking about The Cure. It was, it was a good set list, but I don't know, I'll ask you. I'm assuming that you're about the same age as me, so... I felt it standing for three hours. I don't know, were you sitting or standing? I was sitting. Well, yeah, I'm quite yeah, jealous because yeah. <laughs> there's something in my head that says sitting at a gig, that's when you're accepting that you're a wee bit past it. But I was jealous looking up in the stands. Three hours on my feet was, it was a bit bad. I was doing stretches in the tunnel and stuff. Yeah. I had to limber <laughs> up. So. But no, it was a good, it was a really good set list um, last night as well. So yeah, sober myself, so not got a hangover. But anyway, so thanks for joining us today podcast as I said it's about your experience as a Celtic fan so obviously you're a musician well-known musician but you're also fairly well-known as being a Celtic fan as well so if you don't mind before we kind of go into your own experiences just a wee bit about the band and you know are you all Celtic fans in the band? Yes yes although I would say oh well I, Alex who tours with us plays the other guitar he's a Cali Thistle fan right okay but uh, Barry, Barry's a Celtic fan, but he's. I don't know if he. I don't think he watches every single game, right. but he wants Celtic to win. Martin's a really big Celtic fan. It was actually through Martin that I started supporting Celtic. Uh, Dominic is nominally a Celtic fan, but he's not. He's not a big football watcher, so I. We're pretty much all Celtic supporters. Mostly Celtic fans, varying yeah, yeah. degrees of. of of severity. Yeah, severity. <laughs> <laughs> Staunchness. <laughs> well, that's a word. That's a word. <laughs> so, in terms of then of being a, 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 a kind of supporter in a band, like, you know, I know there's some songs that have been written that have kind of mentioned Celtic, but over the years, have you ever, like, 
cancel the gig, change the gig to coincide with a game or anything like that? Well, it's actually funny. It's been the day after after the Cure played Glasgow because we we did a tour with the Cure in America in 2004, and uh, I'm a big Cure fan. Um, and uh, I watched them every single night apart from one night because it was a Celtic Rangers game and the timing, we were on the west coast of the timing would have been like four in the morning or something like that and I was like, if I stay up and watch them I'm going to get mad with it and miss the game and I really wanted to watch the game and uh, so yeah, but you know, I've never I've not watched a band because I wanted to see Celtic but no, I've never Never cancelled a, a gig or anything. We didn't go to Seville because we were doing a peel session. That was, um, which there was some debate about. <laughs> but uh, I don't regret it because John Peel died the next year, didn't he? Uh, I would have felt really bad. Like our last interaction was John Peel was dinging him to to go to a football game. But um, yeah. There's been quite a few tight like actually one of one of our guitar techs, Gavin Maxwell, is a really really big Celtic supporter, and uh, quite often because of the timings of when we're on stage, there'll be a Celtic game on, and uh, I'll look in between the songs and like he'll give me the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I remember there was one was it a penalty shootout with Valencia, Oofed. and we were we were on stage and uh, we had our it was probably the dial-up internet days. That was quite a long time ago now. So, like, our t- yeah, yeah, our, yeah, t- yeah, our tour manager had to somehow find out what was going and like tell us during the song, during during the gig. And apparently, it was an amazing game. But obviously, lost it. So I'm not, I'm not going to look it up on YouTube. But everyone says the atmosphere was amazing and stuff. So that it, 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 there's quite a lot of um, times that yeah, we'll be playing when. When they're, on, when they're on, which is a bit shite. That was an amazing night. I mean, if we'd won, you might have been regretting it a wee bit more, missing out on that one. But the, the atmosphere was probably up there as one of the greatest of all yeah. time. But you sound like you're a consummate professional, Stuart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've, I've kind of, you know what, I've kind of sometimes like put a game on my on my phone when we're playing it and I, I can't do it. I can't quite, I can't quite, I literally just can't. It's hard enough for me to remember what notes to play on the guitar anyway, but if, if I'm watching something else, I just get totally carried away. I just remembered another one there, actually, thinking about it, which was really funny. The first All Tomorrow's Parties Festival, which would have been about two, 2000, is that about right? Round, round about then, um, it was the second leg against Barcelona, when I think we'd won at Celtic Park. It was the kind of Ronaldinho time, wasn't it? 2004, because right? that the one where Alan Thompson scored at Celtic Park, and uh, right, 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 that right. was the nothing each game away from home. Yes, so we watched the, we watched the nothing each game on the way to Altamore's Park. So maybe it wasn't the first one then, if that's what year it was. But we watched it with with the band Shellac. What a pain in the arse they were, <laughs> and they couldn't just couldn't understand how we were excited about a nothing each draw. But we were obviously going mental because it was, a, and that was the David Marshall. Game wasn't it when he 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 played Marshall and Kennedy Kennedy yeah, played that night and he yeah, was fantastic really really, really well. great so I actually watched the World Cup final with Shellac too and they were like totally taking the pitch and didn't uh, what World Cup don't, was that? don't watch uh, maybe the last last one or or maybe the one before I can't remember where they were. Shellac ruin football matches. Yeah, do, do not, not watch games. No, don't them. watch don't watch games when they just keep. 
taking the pitch and talk, asking why they weren't picking the ball up, and uh, just being a, American wanks, basically. <laughs> well, we know that they're not <laughs> off with uh, the rules of soccer, shall we say. Uh, shout out to Eddie Walsh if he, he listens back to this. Uh, good friend from America. He does know the rules and stuff, doesn't he, Chris? Uh, for being honest. Uh, he's not too bad. So anyway, I suppose just to move on from that, you mentioned that Martin and the band mm-hmm. is who you got, got you into Celtic. So yeah. we've done these podcasts before with, with with other cynics normally. People come to Celtic in different ways. Some yeah. folk are born, some sort of brought into it. So yeah. tell us then, I mean, you know, what your first game was, who you were with, or even a bit about, you know, when you... You know, if yeah, Martin well, got you into Celtic, what age were you? What brought you towards well, the club? I was, I was, I was about older than most people would have been. I was probably in my late teens. It would have been right when Mogwai started, so seventeen, eighteen, something like that. And uh, Martin's mood really depended on whether Celtic won or lost. <laughs> so I would kind of like start just checking, just to check how approachable he was going to be. And uh, I just one day realised that I cared. It was really, it was, it was really quite weird because I'd watch, I'd watch the games with them and that kind of thing. And then one day I was like, right, I'm actually, I'm into this. And uh, oh, there's a guy, <laughs> Wendy, some mad guy. Um, and I think the first game I went to was Dundee United at home. I, th- I think, I think it was a draw. I think it was a draw. It was kind of like, kind of Larson, Mark Viduka kind of time, right. late nineties. And I think the second game I went to was was a Rangers game. Um, second game? I think that was my second game. And I, I, I just remember really being blown away by the noise and everything, just being like, yeah. It was just, I mean, you know what it's like. It's just, it's, it's a pretty intense experience. Yeah. And uh, it's quite weird too, because his seat back then was kind of like the main stand, not far from the director's box. And it, it's kind of that's the kind of posh kind of seats, isn't it? Like people have been there a long time, and it's mostly older folk. So like, the folk around us weren't going bananas, but just hearing the noise from everywhere else, just a really intense experience. I I used to sit in the main stand. It's a bit more, you know, demure than the rest of the yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can tell when it's a proper atmosphere when when the old boys in the main stand are going off their nut sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sitting, I sit in the Jockstein now, but I, I do, do remember that it was always a little bit more more tame. But the view there's there's yeah, great. Yeah. So you obviously you know you, you kind of got into to Celtic. Um, was it you know you started to go? Was it quite quickly after that? Did you just did you keep going or did you did you get the bug and you thought? Yeah. Oh, was it a build up? Yeah, I would I would go whenever I could. But a few years later, um, I got a season ticket and just started going to all, all the all the home games. Um, it was a while when I didn't have one because I realised that I was not there for a lot of them. But uh, I got one again a couple of years, two, three years ago, and yeah, going all the time. Good stuff. Good stuff. Actually, there was a, there was a, a friend of mine used to go out with Martin O'Neill's daughter, and. Uh, so I, get, I like uh, would go to the games with him and get the, the free uh, sannies at half time and all that. And it was quite funny as well because I'm quite a scruffy guy, but especially back then I was yeah really I, I found it quite hard to kind of assemble an outfit that wouldn't get me really funny looks. 
<laughs> Befitting of the prawn sandwich section at yeah, Celtic yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never quite, I never quite pulled it off, but yeah, that was good. I got and I got to know Martin Neal as well, and it's really, 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 really good guy. Really big music fan as well. Like, yeah, really knows his stuff about about music, and obviously, really funny, smart, lovely guy. He's got a. I've been meaning to buy that. He's, I don't know if his book's out yet, but it's coming out soon, actually. Yeah, he's giving it. He's giving it big licks. I've heard it. I think he's been inspired by my promoter. <laughs> take a take, take some of the credit for that. No, uh, but I, I, I remember. I think some of the reviews say it's like, you know, some of these biographies, football manager, football player biographies are a bit shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently, this one is good. Not just because he's our ex-manager, but I'll, I'll per- perhaps pick that up and, uh, and read that. So while you were in there hobnobbing with the stars when you were there so <laughs> do you remember your first time you know when you came up onto the concourse I, we've talked about this with we other folk and especially as a kid you know when you come up but I imagine no matter what the first time when you come up mm-hmm. and you see it and the stadium's full do you remember how that hit you? I I, I just remember just being because obviously I've been into music since I was really really young so just it being just really intense but also uh, there's a lot of things one of the things I love about football is I love the permanence of it I love the idea that there's going to be 11 guys wearing those colours when we were all gone and it was there way, way before we were we were around and I, I, I think there was something about um, especially music it, it, it's quite kind of uncertain you don't really know what's going to happen and uh, I remember just really liking that idea and uh, of the same, yeah, there being that absolute continuation and generationally and all that stuff is, is absolutely brilliant. No, I just really got into, um, yeah, the sort of folklore of Celtic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Around yeah. about then, remember they had um, Celtic TV was an actual TV station. That's right, yeah. On, on Sky. So, so I had that. Peter, like, Peter Martin, wasn't it, was presenting that? Yeah. Out. Yeah, and uh, I know him as well. She's, he's friends with one of my old neighbours. A really nice guy, Peter Martin. Uh, but um, what's he doing these days? I think he's got like a YouTube channel or something, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, Does yeah, he? yeah. He's still doing it with Alan Ruff. Did, oh, they, did they used to be on? Was it Real Radio or Clyde or something? And they did. Did they not do one on the TV as well? Alan and no Ruffy and Peter. Aye, that's right. Right, right. So still palling about with him. But uh, yeah, so I, I would I would watch that channel and like get really really into the history and would show games and everything it was great actually um, really obviously finding out about amazing team teams from before we were born and yeah. obviously remember reading uh, Archie McPherson's Jock Steen book and just oh, uh, just absolutely mind blowing sort of a brilliant story he's also like from Burn Bank a lot of my family are from Burn Bank as well and like it's kind of these amazing characters and stories that are from where we're all from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Same kind of thing, Lanarkshire, you know. And it's, I know what you mean, because I mean, see when you talk about Celtic and you know that kind of staying power, it's been there before and it's going to be there mm-hmm. after, you know. She reading about some of these, you know, like Jimmy McGrory. Jimmy McGrory is the all-time, as you know, the all-time top scorer for Celtic. But you don't think about them when you're talking about your top players. You talk about the players you know and maybe you've heard from your parents or your friends or anything like that. But I remember reading a book 
and it actually came alive in my head just yeah, how yeah. amazing he must have been with his goal scoring mm. record. So it's like that, it's almost like magic that you're touching, you know, the folklore of Celtic and when you dip into that, it kind of becomes real in your head. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 can, I, I totally kind of understand where, you, where you're where you coming from with that. Sure, you've got a season ticket now, you said you got one again a couple of years ago, you'd yeah. had one previously. So, where are you just now? Whereabouts on the ground are you sitting? Yeah, yeah. I used to sit in the Lisbon Lions, All right. and then my new ticket's in the Jockstein stand. Jockstein. Behind the, it's really good for one half. <laughs> the other half, you watch the big telly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... I'm but, yeah, it was, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to get. Loads of my pals are, are on the list. It's quite hard to get a seat these days. I, I, I mean, wait a wee while to get it. It's, I mean, it's for years and years, there was a fake waiting list at Celtic Park where they would talk about it and, you know, people would rock up and get them, but... It's a real one. It's genuine, uh, you can, you know, the the waiting list's there. So you're sitting up there sort of thing, so... Down there. Down there? Oh, you're in the lower section? Literally behind the goalposts. Ah, right, so you'll be a wee bit along from the boys' section now, yeah? Yes, yeah, Yeah. they're up to the top right, aye. Right. So... Have you sat in other areas? You were in the Lisbon Lions stand, have you? Yeah, I've, I've sat. If I one of my favourite places to sit um, is the one across from the main stand, where you can see, if you're way up high, you can see an amazing view of the city. Yeah. Which is really great. Yeah, I really like that. So, what about, you, you sit, you, you've been there for a few years, people you sit next to and stuff aye. like that, is it's good atmosphere that you've got aye, around where you're aye. sitting? Aye, there's there's um nice guy sits next to me. We get a wee blather, and I think there's I think there's a Irish supporters club that share a bunch of seats. There's always excitable folk over from Ireland. Right. And, aye, it's good. Good it's stuff. A good place. In terms of as well, you've got a, a pre-match routine. You get any superstitions? Talked about this before. I've got a list of superstitions oh, that really? I have, and none of them worked. No. But. I would do certain things, go into certain turnstiles, otherwise Celtic would lose heavily. So, are right. you as mental as me when it comes to it or anything? Uh, I'm probably mental, but in different ways. Right. But uh, no, I don't think anything like that is going to change. I've started cycling, actually. To the I, ground? Yes. and Because uh, otherwise I'd drive, and getting out is uh, so, so bad, especially if it's not went well. You're just sitting in the car. It's, it's terrible. So I, I, I usually cycle. Although it was quite a funny one, one of the Champions League games. So I got there. So I attached my bike to what I thought was a permanent railing. Yep. And then I came back and it wasn't there. And so like, the railing or the bike? Neither. <laughs> neither. There was nothing there. And like basically, they, they moved them to get the on the Champions League. They move all these railings to get the buses in and out or something. Ah. Uh, so yeah. like my bike was like attached to this thing and, and it took me like an hour to find it so like my whole plan would be like I'll be up the road 20 minutes after the game and I'm just walking about and there's like just a sort of handful of tourists still taking photos of the statues did you get I'm it sure. I got it you got it uh, so I I usually, I usually take my bike these days they've got the cycle lanes going right up as well aye it's, 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 it's actually really really good and um, way, way 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 faster than than, than driving car, I know. and sometimes sometimes swing by and get a beer with some folk in town or whatever like that the, you're probably the only person I've ever spoken to who's quite happy about those cycle lanes going up and down London Road the amount of people that 
complain about them when it's it comes to... It's a bit of a culture to... war, isn't it? It is indeed. It's the new vegan sausage roll. Aye. <laughs> Cyclists versus, you know, people listening to Super Scoreboard and the motors and sneering at them aye. as they go up London Road. Um, but aye, so where is it easy enough to kind of chain your bike up? I'm actually going to kind of speak out for the cyclists well, here. Well, yeah, well, don't do what I did. But uh, but people, there's there's proper sort of bike parking next to the Billy McNeil statue, which is what I do now after having almost lost my bike. So uh, no, it, it's good. It's, it's, you do have to do a bit of swerving on the way out when there's like sixty thousand folk leaving. But once you get by that, it's quite good. It's straight shooting. So. We've worked out, obviously, you sit in the Jockstein stand and you cycle to the games, so in terms of atmospheres, you know, seasons, how do you rate Ange Postacoglu? What was your favourite season? Obviously, you were hanging about with Martin and Neil back in that era, and Chris and I talk about this as being the glory days for us. Yeah, but yeah. How I would you rate I, that? I, I didn't meet Martin and Neil in the treble season. It would probably have been there a few years. Um... I really, uh, I, d- I don't know. I, I think I always just quite enjoy. Obviously, things were, were pretty flat, weren't they? Round about um, Ronnie Dyla kind of time. Even though I mean, I still enjoyed watch, watching the team, but I think I think this team are really, really great. Um, I say quite the style of play wasn't always amazing, but I've a, lot, I've a lot of good memories of the Gordon Strachan time. You know, like some some really big results and. Like Nakamura is one of my favourite players, yeah. so I, I definitely can enjoy that. I remember the the Man U game was absolutely fantastic. I think that's the thing about the striking era. The football, on the whole, was pretty poor, and I've got I would say I've got a fairly negative view of striking in terms yeah. of that. But there were some huge moments during that yeah, period. Yeah. You know, you're talking about. I mean, I, I, you know, the Milan away, you know, obviously in the last 16, the Nakamura was moments. was that, actually? I went over for that. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. there. It was, I mean, it was great being there and stuff like that. But I think they won the, the Champions League that season. Yeah, they we were a brilliant them, team. Aye. We took them to extra time and then it was only a outrageous piece of skill from Kaka. Well, I still blame And Snow what was it? I mean, that would have been uh, Caldwell and McManus as well. So it's not like... I think it was Naylor and Telfer. Wow. McManus and Colwell and they kind of held out in the San Siro yeah. until extra time yeah, it's great you know. and it's I suppose it's moments like that but I, if you, anybody says to me what did you think of Gordon Strachan as a Celtic manager I go torture just overall I would, yeah. I would generally yeah. say yeah. that I met, I met Gordon Strachan once as well and, and he was dead nice so I'm kind of like I largely agree <laughs> I largely agree with you but I'm so easily bought if I, if I meet anyone and they're like halfway pleasant I'm just like ah oh, they're alright Ah, have you right. met Ange? No, no. I, I met uh, <laughs> I met uh, Brendan Rogers once in the airport and like got a selfie with him, and I felt I, I, I felt quite spurned. Have you <laughs> Have you deleted it since? Aye. <laughs> but I like maybe like put up my story with like like a rat emoji or something like that. But uh, I mean, to be honest, talking at years, I mean that was amazing. That was amazing. I know, yeah. like. Everybody thinks he's a wank now, but he uh, they were a great team. That I mean oh, you, <laughs> that the the treble treble goal, like the totally iconic Tom Roger. Roger. I, I was in the bog. 
That was the fog. I was just getting dead nervous and I just kept like <laughs> going to the toilet. I just came back. The, pl- the pub I was in was just going bananas. I was like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> That's a bit of a moment they miss. But yeah, I remember another one because I, I, quite a long time, uh, I'd sit next Martin's mum was an unbelievably huge Celtic fan and would sit next to her. And she's a bit, she's, she, she likes a blether. I mean, her kind of blethered away. I remember one time we missed when uh, Moravchik scored pretty much from the corner flag. Oh, shit. Oh, and we were yeah. just chatting about God knows what, this and that, probably cycle lanes or something. And uh, and just everyone around us was like, I have never seen anything like that in my life. And I was like, oh, God, we didn't see anything. So, uh, yeah. Always catch it. That's, that's, that's a good idea for a podcast. Greatest Celtic moments you missed by being a being a dafty. Do you know there's there's some I'm not really much of a I, I'm normally one that if I need the toilet I'll stay, but there's there's I don't think I've missed any. But there's a guy that I used to work with who says he, he genuinely used to say because he liked to go for a few pints before the games. I've probably done that much damage to my bladder over the years because quite literally he could be in danger of open himself and he will still stay there and watch he says I can't not watch the game so I'm maybe not quite that bad but hats off to that guy for taking it to that level when he's watching Celtic I remember uh, not football but I remember Arab Shrap's final gig at the ABC and it was some some kid had come from miles away America or something like that and like he just didn't want to like miss a second of it and he shot himself (laughs) He did. <laughs> should be glad I wasn't standing next to him, but uh, yeah, mate, you're stinking. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Song's great, though, isn't it? Can't, I, can't, I can't really enjoy it that much because there's a pungent smell of shit. <laughs> he also saw Tam Roderick's goal that day, uh, the, the, the last minute. Did. So, aye. <laughs> no, you need to take. Oh, fuck it, man. That, that, that's suffering for somebody else's yeah. art, man, if you shit yourself. Ah, that's true. Like that. I, and then they reformed it anyway, so it probably feels really bad. <laughs> but um, no, no I've, not met, I've not met Ange. I'd, I'd love him. to. I've not. I've, I've, I don't see. I don't see. I used to see a. I say in the West End. I used to see Stuart Armstrong and Waitrose quite a lot. But I uh, don't see as many folk kicking about. So you're a, you're Anovic and Tesco, I think I told you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bit of juicy gossip about what he was buying. He was he was going bananas in the sweetie section. If Yuranovic goes in January, we, 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 we probably won't want to release this till it's signed, sealed and delivered because it's conditioning, isn't it? like painting him as a pocket monster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, I've not seen. Uh, no, I've not seen Ange. I don't know where he stays or anything. Does he stay? I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, ah, uh, he might, he might stay in. The, you know, it's either that. You either stay in the West End or you stay in one of the big suburbs, don't you? Bothwell. Bothwell. Yeah. Uh, going back a bit, obviously we touched on the Brendan Rodgers era as well, and you obviously were in the toilet for the the, <laughs> the famous Tam Rodgers goal, but. That first season, the the treble treble season, yeah. not the treble treble season, the invincible treble season. Yeah. That's got to be up there, isn't it? That was amazing. Yeah, team that team was great. We just like Scott Sinclair was just absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, really, really great. Dembele as well. Would he, he, yeah, oh, yeah, he was brilliant. We were talking about him the other day. Um, overall, in terms of best striker since Larson, 
probably well be him, eh? yeah probably um got a good pal in fact my pal who designed the the my book cover uh he's a huge football fan english guy supports crystal palace and i took him to the the 5-1 game and uh, oh. he said he said it was the most enjoyable game he'd ever been to until he saw England win that semi-final. So, which would be pretty huge if you were that way inclined, you know. <laughs> I suppose. What was it? That was. Who did they play in the semi-final? England. Denmark, I think. So it was. Yeah. So it was. Scored the penalty, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Aye, that's right. Aye, let's not talk about that then. So. Best atmosphere, Stuart. Best game. What's what? What would you say is the one that sticks in your head the most? Uh, it was two-one when Vanegura Hessling scored at the end, and it was the one where Queller got sent off with the total, yeah. with the famous uh, early early meme of Player of the Year. Now he's a dick. Aye, video. That guy's still a legend with that with that commentary. <laughs> Jumps and he gets it across. Shoot my car! It's on penalty kick! Penalty kick! And the second off! He's got to go! He's got to walk! He's got to get to fuck it as he's a red card! Commentator's eye! Get him here! Carlos Crella, player of the year! Now he's a dick! Get him there, Celtic! What's a shot knocking again? He's in quite old second half, but shoots! And that is a fucking sending half cheating hunt bastard! If you ever saw one, if in doubt, cheat your way out. That is the Rangers philosophy. Look at this, you bastard. Nakamura scored a screamer and then Hesselink at the end. And uh, the goal he would have scored if Queller hadn't handballed it yeah. would have been amazing as well. Yes, yeah, so that was 2 1. So 2 1. And and I, 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 think that's, I think that's my favourite game. Yeah. That Everything was... it meant, the actual game itself. And that was the total comeback. I actually remember talking to Martin, probably even before that game, going, I think we could come back, like looking at the Rangers' fixtures. Yeah. So we were quite a bit behind, weren't we? We were, aye. Yeah. And they, they shot the bed, and uh, we went on a great run. And that game was that game was amazing. Yeah. I remember it was April time, my, my friend got married, mm-hmm. and uh, Celtic were playing Motherwell that day at home. And... Uh, I wasn't there, obviously. I was at his wedding, and we make, we get beat that day. And at that point, we just assumed that it was all over. And then the run that we went on, culminating in them games, there was there was two Rangers games, and one I think one of them had been rearranged. And what a comeback that was! And obviously with Tommy Burns at the end yep. end of the season, the emotion was in there as well. In, in terms of that, that was so improbable. Um, and then going up to Tannadice in the last day of the season, Thursday, because it was rearranged, obviously because of the. Rangers were again in the UEFA Cup final at that point. Um, and then winning up there, the emotions that were yeah, involved with Tommy really Burns. Great. And that night as well, I, w- I watched the game in the Admiral and the uh, place went bananas. And after it, I went to see one of my favourite bands, which is this band from America called Stars of the Lid. And Stars of the Lid played in stereo straight after that. We won the league. It was, what a night. It was so good. What more do you want? <laughs> were you as rough as you were after the cure last night? Uh, probably not, because I was still probably in my early 30s rather than my late 40s, and I had a, a, a wee bit <laughs> more about me. 
Oh, it catches up with. Aye. So, what about Europe? European games, is there anyone that sticks out in your head? Uh, I, th- I think that the one beating Barcelona 1-0 with Alan Thompson. And Thompson scored. Yeah, yeah. O- obviously the... the the Tony Watt one was great as well, but I, th- I, th- uh. I remember that because they had Ronaldinho. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just I don't think I've ever enjoyed watching a player as much as Ronaldinho. He's just an amazing, joyful footballer to watch. And uh, I, I, and it was great. I think it was just after the Madrid bombings as well. And like, kind of really quite emotional. There was kind of, am I? It was, it, and it was quite uh, emotional. Like I remember, like you're not, you'll never walk alone. Being quite like a kind of had kind of ec- some extra emotional edge to it, and the, the game was brilliant. And obviously, that was kind of Larson time. And it, 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 look back now, just can't believe that. Yeah, Henrik Larson played for Celtic for all that all that time. It was amazing. And as it's, and at that time as well, obviously we'd been at the final of the the UEFA Cup the season before and then we beat Barcelona and then we, we've already all after it and the fact that they put us out they'd obviously had Raquel me playing for them and they were a fantastic team at that point you know it's hard to think back of the expectation that we had as a Celtic support yeah. in Europe at that point yeah, yeah, yeah. because now we're you know there's all this kind of soul searching about Celtic's place in Europe the Champions League and yeah. but I remember people genuinely being scathing of a Celtic, a Celtic team you one of them about Villarreal putting them out and they had a fantastic team um, at that point but it just it just shows you how things changed I, re- I remember I remember probably around about that time as well I remember people being genuinely raging that we didn't beat Bayern Munich yeah it was it was nothing each yeah <laughs> folk booing Neil Lennon because he passed the ball sideways <laughs> he's had that a few times he had that in the yeah. Bola Vista game but I remember as well Munich were celebrating because yeah, obviously getting yeah. a, a result in Celtic Park at that point was a was, was a, a, a great point it was a big result um, yeah. you know it does seem as if it was a long time ago but genuinely I remember that game as well the one that you, you know the Barcelona game that you're talking about and it was there was a swagger and a confidence about us because of what we'd done the, the season before mm-hmm. and there was an expectancy that we, that we would just go on from that and you obviously you you touched about just Henrik Larson playing for us as well. You know you kind of took that for granted to an extent. Just now, yeah. can you imagine if you had, on top of this team particularly just now, if you had a striker? No disrespect to Kyogo and Gigi, but if you had a, a striker of that caliber just yeah. now, man, absolutely. I, I, I like I, I do really like the fact that it seems to me that Ange isn't going to settle. I think yeah. he'll constantly be thinking, well, we can get better. We can get. And I think we might even see it in the, the next month or so that like a few go out the door and kind of he'll recycle the team and hopefully kind of certainly his track record he's had almost all successes. Yeah, you know I kind of got quite a lot of faith that he would um, be able to build on what he's done so far. I, I, I think it's going to take a wee while to kind of re-establish ourselves as a European team but I mean we were in all those games maybe not so much the, the last Madrid game just because the penalties kind of the ball was burst straight away really but all those other games were competitive yeah. and 
don't know. I mean, even even Martin O'Neill's. I mean, we got we got ch- chased quite a few times, and I don't know. I'm generally quite an optimistic person, so I can always think things are going to get better. And yeah, but well, even 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 before before Brendan Rodgers came, I and I, I was starting to think, well, we're a team in decline in a league that's just hard to get good players to come to, and that's that's not the case, mm. you know. And especially there's been such a proven pathway from playing for Celtic to going to sign for some of the biggest teams internationally in today's environment obviously Celtic are a legendary football club but we all know kind of money's kind of yeah, yeah. Cha- changed the kind of the landscape and I think that I think I think the future's looking okay I think you're right as well I mean in terms of our performances this season you know there's people that are kind of more glowing about it there's people that are more negative about it but the manager's been consistent in saying that you know we're we're not here just to take part we're not here to collect the cheque we're here to to compete and I imagine this season it will hurt him more than it will more than anyone in terms of that and even even just small things as well with the manager just now I mean Juranovic is linked away and we've signed um, Alistair Johnson that's his name uh, we've got Kobayashi and it looks as if we're kind of building we're continuing to strive if players don't want to be here go he said that right from the beginning with Christie and Edward so I, I'm the same as you I, I think you know there's a there's a desire from him to drive the team forward so Aye. I'm not a noted optimist Stuart but I'll, right. take a leaf out, I'll take a leaf out of your book I, I, I do think that I mean he might not get there it might just be a bridge that we can't you know a gap that we can't bridge sorry but He's certainly going to try and do it anyway. Yeah. So yeah, for yeah. me, it's and he's and, he, and he's got he's such a kind of magnetic character, isn't he? He just seems you want him to do well. He's just dead likable, dead honest and funny. And I, 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 it's just what we needed, you know. I mean, obviously the the COVID season was so grim, and it just kind of. It's just so nice to just be building something new and great, yeah. you know. I mean, but then you do you almost kind of like if you take a step back and you're like, everybody was obviously totally scunnered by how that season went, but like we'd won almost everything for years, so <laughs> you kind of you've kind of got to kind of take a step back and you kind of when you think about that, you can see how supporters of other teams are like <laughs> kind of judgmental about it, but. It's a different thing. It is a different thing. You live in a bubble, obviously, yeah. in Glasgow, and I tend not to speak of to team to fans of other teams, generally speaking, because I live and stay in Glasgow, obviously. But I've had conversations, you know, oh, it must really be really hard winning all those leagues and then not winning ten in a row. And you, you immediately prickle, but I imagine if you supported <laughs> someone like. Well, anybody pretty much else in Scotland <laughs> and or most teams elsewhere they're just like for fuck's sake there's yeah. an entitlement there that doesn't exist anywhere else But it, it's also I'm not going to excuse it though that was a horrific season no it was it was, it was brutal but I mean it, it's kind of supporting a, a, a football team you kind of everything's relative do you mean it's like I was talking about my pal 
uh, supports Crystal Palace. Like if they get a result against Man City or something, that that is like them winning a cup. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's even like supporting Scotland if Scotland like beat a good country. It's amazing because you don't think they're going to go and win anything. Do you know what I mean? So like if you support St Mirren, like when they beat us, that must have been like one of their best games yeah. for years. You know, it's all kind of relative of where 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 the team are, what advantages or disadvantages they have, you know. Our wee guyism comes in the Champions League though, isn't it? You know, it's like there's an expectation Aye. that in Scotland that we need to do what we do, but the minute we go into that stage and if we get a result there it's huge. If we don't we grumble in amongst ourselves and talk about the finances of it. So yeah. I suppose for six games this season we got a taste of what it's like for, yeah, for most of our teams. But am I right in saying the the winner of the league this year goes straight in again? It's not confirmed. Largely. It's, it's not confirmed yet, but it's more than like that. Yeah, so I mean get a good run at it. I mean you kind of our rivals getting there as well was quite unexpected, you know? Yeah. In fact, that's their only good result this year, you know? So, yeah, that could, that could be quite pivotal if for, I'm hoping we win the league, obviously, but yeah, yeah could, it, could, it, it could change things for quite a while. So we'd, we'd obviously touched on, you talked about the folklore earlier on of, of, of the club, and we've touched there on the Champions League and the money and, and, and that sort of thing of it. So Celtic's all kind of ethos and their, founding, their foundations founded to, to feed the poor of the East End, uh, Irish immigrants. See, in terms of the political side of the support, you know, we've got the Green Brigade and they do the the, 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 the food bank drives, we've yep. got the boys as well. Yep. Um, in terms of, you know, some of the, the statements they make and against a board that, you know, really don't seem to share that ethos, you know. Yeah. The custodians of the club are obviously different from Celtic, you know, they're, they're there just now. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the spirit of Celtic seems to be, for me, still, large sections of the support that still carried yeah, yeah, yeah. on. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Is that, for me, as much, I don't want to sound too overly romantic, but I think a lot of Celtic fans are like that. Do you, do you think that feeds into what's different about us as a club oh 100% I think I, I think that the charitable beginnings of the club and the continue the continuing great charity work that they do and even like you talk about the supporters groups doing things to kind of welcome refugees yeah. to kind of food bank drives all this stuff I mean I, th I, th I think that stuff's really 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 important you know actually so the last Rangers game there was like a fair play there was like some Rangers supporters kind of teamed up with Celtic supporters and just to help feed folk and I, 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 I really like that you know I really like um, that element we've done we've done bits and bobs as well because we, I know Tony Hamilton that runs the Celtic Foundation, Foundation and yeah. we've kind of donated some stuff for, for, for charity things and yeah I'm, I'm really happy to be involved in that kind of stuff I, I mean, in, in terms of obviously, I was mentioning the supporters groups, and but the foundation do do a lot of work. I know yeah. that uh, around this time of year, there's there's a lot of gifts given out uh, across the city to to families in need. But it is for me, it's, it is it is important that that continues. And as as you say about the the, the political side of it, you know, in, in some of the statements that the 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 the, the, the support have made, even recently with the. 
you know, support for striking workers with the RMT, yep. you know, yeah, yeah. solidarity with them. It's just, I don't know, It's as much as I'm a Celtic fan and it's obvious that, you know, you're going to say and think this, for me it's just something a wee bit, you know, special. It just it just makes this, it seems as a, sets us apart a wee bit from certain football clubs. Since you started going, Stuart, as well, it always strikes me from when I started going, you know, when I was young, the changes around the ground are, you're, they're immense, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, the old school there, and um, that's now gone, and then all the Emirates has came up, you know, before that was tenements and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's, what do you think of it? Uh, you know, do you think some of the charm's gone a wee bit about that, or are you, do you nah. view it as a positive thing? I mean, No, I, de I definitely see it as a positive. Yeah. I think that the area just looks a lot nicer, and it's still got, like, a bit of weird charm about it as well like, there's that you know that house that's got like the mad writing on the outside of it about oh, some conspiracy yeah. further up yes i'm totally obsessed yeah, with yeah, that yeah 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 <laughs> last time i went by they were going they were going they were gonna go and studs up on nicola sturgeon i don't know if she's she's done something to upset them now as well used to be the royal family but and then there's uh yeah there's still some bonkers pubs with no windows and all that do we there's there's yeah. <laughs> There's definitely still a lot of charm, and I think I think that generally about the East End is that it's kind of um, it, it's very far from being sanitised. It's still it's still interesting and very truly Glaswegian, you know. I mean, it's I mean I think that a lot of the housing around. I mean, some of the the poor standard of housing that that was produced in Glasgow over the years. You know, we don't need to get down the road of, of of that. But in terms of the footprint around, you know, the ground, and then you've got the the old Commonwealth Village, mm -hmm. even at Barfield, that's completely changed in terms of it. So I would tend to agree. It's it, it's it's positive in terms of of, of kind of how the the, the the housing in the area around there's changed as well. But it does retain that. It's still essentially the East End. It's still oh, Celtic Park. And it's still got that ethos there. Absolutely. But for me, it, it, I'm the, I'm much the same as you. You know, when you go up. You know that you've got the Celtic way and all that. You know fans can congregate there and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. There's probably more that Celtic could do. I don't know oh, what your no, thoughts. I, and, you I, know, I definitely I think so. for the match day experience. Yeah, know? I think they're trying out some stuff, but I definitely know from folk that go to games in Europe that it's it, there's a, things that happen at other in other countries and other clubs that Celtic should be looking to incorporate. You know, yeah. I definitely I still think it's. And I guess it's probably not the, the club's thing, but I think it's insane that you can't get a beer at the football. Yeah. It's just really, and it's it's so. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it's kind of snobbery as well, isn't it? Because you can at rugby, you know. It's it's a class issue. Yeah, and I, the worst behaviour I've ever seen by sports fans is is rugby fans. I, I lived in Edinburgh for a while, and they were absolute scumbags yeah. much worse than anything I've ever seen it go to see Celtic or even go to see Scotland or whatever no. so um, yeah it is, it is a cultural thing it's like yeah. the, the the lower the lower orders can't be trusted you know and I, and, I, and I find that also I mean it doesn't even make sense because if you're at the game you're, you're where you already want to be you're not going to like down a pint because you've got to run up to the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you'll get people getting too drunk. 
purely because of the kind of situation that they're put in because of the it's also the same as going off on a tangent like all the pubs shutting at the same time so everyone goes out in the street downs two pints and goes out in the street whereas if you know what it's like if you go to New York or Berlin or people just go home when they're tired you know it, yeah. it just doesn't you, if you treat people like children they behave like children you know so that's something I think they, sh- they should definitely definitely change and I mean it's it is weird I mean it was 40 well, the Scottish Cup final in 1980 well, 42 years after that and they've maintained the same stance since, since then but guys aren't going to turn up you know at Celtic Park to down two watered down seven quid pints of lager or whatever it is and it's no. going to cause this major societal uproar at these games so for me it is it's archaic but I definitely do think as you said it's there's a cultural and there's a class issue here it's almost mm. like football fans are they are this whereas as you said rugby fans are deemed to be more and, uh, and worthy uh, of a, a beer basically and I, I, think that, I think there's also a kind of a bigger conversation to be had about the way football fans are portrayed you'll never really see yeah. in the media when something bad happens you know like no one's talking about the food banks or yeah. the loads the loads of good things helping the communities that happened like for Glasgow's the amount of money that the, the, the two football teams must bring into, into Glasgow's crazy but it's not in any way celebrated it's kind of just seen as you only hear about it in the very negative connotations it's never like oh we've got this rivalry and millions of people watch these teams do him it's not a bad thing you know but you'd think it was like this i don't know scourge scourge on the city when i mean there's a lot of things wrong with this city and i i don't think that's even should be the football teams or Celtic especially should be viewed in any kind of negative light it should be something no. that the city celebrates you know it's in times it can obviously be used as as a diversion from the very many real issues that this city's got you oh, know it's 100% it's, without going you know down a completely different route a city of this size and a country of this wealth shouldn't have the poverty it does um and you do, you know, you, you, I'm not saying that you don't hear about that, but generally speaking, as you say, there's a lot of more negativity around the football and a lot of the cultural aspects mm-hmm. around that. So, no, I definitely would agree with that. But moving on, I suppose, from the ground in the, the stadium, favourite players over the years, you know, everybody says Henrik Larson, so you're barred for that, Stuart. Okay, that's fair or, enough. Or they don't because... He's too mainstream. He's too mainstream. So we're obviously we're you, go for the, you're in Mogwai, yeah. so you've got to have yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. who's, who's a bit the, niche, you know. The B-sides. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously Larson was great. But um, I, I think uh, from that kind of era, Maravchik, yeah. really, really, really loved him. Um, later on, like I, I mentioned, Nakamura, he was, he was absolutely brilliant. Um these days, I'm a big Kyogo fan. He's uh, just love how happy he is, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's a great player. Um, I think there's more to come from him as well. I don't. Uh, I think 
and I think he may be there for a wee while. It seems he seems to really seems to really like it, you know. Um, I really love Hatati as well. Uh, yeah, we've got a very likable team at the moment. They seem like yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's. I'm going to get you to pick a definitive one, but right. staying in the current team just now as well. There's a few. I, I don't know if I've got an out and out favourite. If pushed, I'd probably say Hatati. But you know, I like O'Reilly. I like Aye. you know. I mean, after you know, Starfelt Vickers. You know, there's yeah. just there is a really likable team, and even I've not turned on Juranovic yet. You know, which a lot of the support have because he's. It looks as if he might be going, but. Yeah, no, no, I think we do have a lot of likeable players just mm. now. But you need to nail one down. Sure. Uh, Kyogo. All time? Oh, all time or favourite? Probably Lubo. Probably yeah, Lubo. no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, it's, he's one of those guys that you wish he'd been here a wee bit younger, yeah. you know, obviously. I actually did something. Wait, wait. <laughs> Which, when I say this out loud, sounds it's totally mental. I've only done this twice in my life the other time was uh, Ron Ashton from the Stooges just walked by me it was like they played a gig and it was at the after show and I just I just touched them I just <laughs> not even to get his attention I was just like just touched the shoulder and I was like just fucking touched Ron Ashton's shoulder and I did the same thing with Lubo <laughs> I was uh, it was when when <laughs> when Martin O'Neill was getting me into the games and it was after was it it was a testimonial Jackie McNamara's testimonial. Then we were kind of in the free sandwich bit, and he just walked by, and I was just just did the same thing. I was just like, I've just touched Lubin Maravchic. It's probably got a restraining order against me. <laughs> <laughs> it seems really mad now I've said out loud. <laughs> no, I get that about Lubo. Uh, he could do so many special things with the ball. And as I said, came here when he was 33. Imagine he came here when he was 23. So, no, I think that's a. I think that's a fitting all-time favourite Celtic player. Thoughts for the rest of the season? We're nine points clear. It's more of the same. Just playing really, really well, really consistently. Uh, I think Europe being so um, congested, all the games being so kind of, I don't know, it, it, it felt a bit weird and obviously we, we fell short. Yeah. Not as short as some others, but... Uh, we fell short, so I think just kind of getting down to just playing well, hopefully doing well in the cups. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to it. I'm I'm missing it quite a lot. I've not really got that into the World Cup kind of yeah. for various reasons, but uh, just not been that excited about it. So just looking forward to the real football being back. Real football, aye, blood and snotters and all that. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't have a pint, <laughs> much like Qatar, actually. Um, okay, predictions then for the season. Nine points clear in the league. One cup, two cups. I'd say one cup. I, I, I think just, yeah, I'd be delighted, obviously, with a treble, but I, I, I'd say we'll probably, probably get one. I'd like the Scottish Cup because it's the last game as well. So it's quite nice. I think that's, I've always said that Scottish Cup's our trophy. You know, yeah. nothing beats a sunny day in May um, to wrap up the season. So I'll take that. If I, you know, obviously you're greedy, you want to treble, but the double with a Scottish Cup would do me nicely as well. So, no, no, listen, I think 
that's about that just now. Just one more thing. You recently had a book out, Stuart. Yep. I did, yes. Spaceships over Glasgow. That's the one. Um, what's it about? You know, obviously it's about you. But about 330 pages long. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a kind of memoir, mostly about my kind of teenage years and early early years with Mogwai. And yeah, it's not the most serious book. There's a lot of teenage stupidity and hijinks. Drunkenness. There's a lot of drunkenness, aye. And the Selic yeah. in it as well? There is. There's a, there's a good few mentions. The editor actually, uh, he also edited Bobby Gillespie's book. and He's a football fan too, actually, but for some reason he wasn't as excited about me prattling on about <laughs> Celtic. So he, he chopped a wee bit out. But um, yeah, and Bobby told me he did the same thing to him. But uh, aye. So yeah, I'm, I'm, people seem to be enjoying it, which is really nice. Yeah, I know. Uh, still can't believe I wrote a book. The reason I've, <laughs> the reason I've mentioned it is uh, we're going to be giving away a copy in a competition. Um, you going to add the details on, or do you? Well, I just you'll add them in later by the magic of editing. So, the yep, there'll be a competition to give that book away. But Stuart, I think that's us wrapping up just All now. Right, thanks, well, thanks very much for thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. No, it was good to hear. And maybe one last thing as well. I think we touched on it. Surprise celebrity musician Celtic fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was told this by Richard Jobson, who is who is a big Celtic supporter, but he told me that Ian Curtis was, as well as a Man City fan, a Celtic supporter, which is pretty great because he was singer in probably my favourite band. So that is a quality posthumous name check. See, that blew my mind because I know there's a lot of um, Mancunian... Uh, a lot of them other Irish extraction uh, musicians that are Celtic fans but I never knew about Ian Curtis so that was a good one to hear as well so there you go a wee tip bit for the listeners out there but uh, we'll just wrap up there thanks again Stuart for doing cheers. this cheers thank you um, this has been Take Me To Your Paradise uh, I'm Chris Salmary thanks very much cheers <laughs>